Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! Alright! That's right, it's Tuesday morning! The Fizzle Show is published again, because that's what we do every Tuesday. We publish another conversation for people creating businesses to live life on their own terms, right? This is your life. It's like the, the grain of sand that's going through the hourglass of your life. Those grains of sand are your life. <laughs> it's nobody else's life. It's yours. And this job that you have, this deadbeat job that you have, or whatever, these relationships you're not happy with, or what this is your life. This is how you're spending it, right? This is what the Fizzle Show exists for. Looking at our lives, figuring out what the heck we want to do with it, and we specifically focus on how do we earn a living doing something that we care about. I personally happen to be way into all the other questions as well, but we focus ourselves on how do we earn revenue? How do we grow an audience? How do we create a blog or a podcast or a product that's a digital or physical or something like that? That's what we exist for. That's what we live for. We love it. And if you wanted, you could check out our membership community, fizzle.co. Because what, what indie entrepreneurship is about is about what you do when your idea starts fizzling out. Can you write the course? Can you get through what Seth Godin calls the dip? All right? That's what our membership community exists for, and that's what the show exists for. You know, as listeners of the show, really quick before we get into it, you get to have five weeks free when you go to fizzleshow.co or fizzle.co slash try five. Fizzle.co slash try five gets you five weeks free if you want to try out the membership community. All right, I'll stop tooting my own horn over here. I'm fired up today because we got a guest on the show, the return of Jonas Ellison. Jonas, are you there? I am here. He is here. He is here. And Steph Crowder, are you with me as well? Hey, everybody. Excited to be here. Hey. 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 All right, guys, we're going to get into a, a story today. I want to get into Jonas's story. Uh, he he shared, He wrote us an awesome article. You can find that at fizzleshow.co slash 218. That's because this is episode 218, and these are the show notes for the show where Jonas has written us an article kind of sh- like laying out his process from a burnt-out freelancer to basically transforming his life all the while using Medium to create a, 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 an independent publication that gets huge followership. Right now, it's at what sixty three thousand followers. Yeah, that's it. Dang, that's the one. Yeah. Okay, which is big. Which is big, right? That's that's a big audience. And this is coming from writing about. Uh, how would you explain what it is that you write about, Jonas? Mm, yes, uh, it's it's a little random, but it's basically daily kind of shortish preachments on. Uh, life and love and laughter and whatever else comes up in my mind when I'm writing. You so. see, you see people, this is like, he's like a, he's like a nightmare for our training, right? <laughs> this is exactly what all of us wish we could do. <laughs> and we're always like, listen, just don't just try something practical and useful that really is valuable to people because then you might have a greater chance of success. And he's like, no, I just wanted to talk about whatever I felt like that day. It's like weird stuff and, you know, spiritual, mystical, just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just what I feel like that day, musings. And and here he is, 63,000 subscribers in. Now, what we talked about before a lot on the show is it a large audience does not a business make right so and i think jonas you're still actively in the in in the process of of creating products that you can sell to these to this audience and or to people who are interested in growing their medium stuff and you don't necessarily it it, it sounds like when we've talked before you don't necessarily have all of your revenue coming from just this medium stuff is that correct that's correct i mean um I guess you could say like the work that I do now, like my monies to make my, uh, a lot of my monies, <laughs> uh, from, yeah. you know, it, it comes from like, it does come from the right people saw the writing. My a couple of friends of mine, they started a digital agency and they saw my writing and they're like, Hey, we really like your blog, your publication. Um, and we need a writer for our agency. So they brought me on. So, I mean, it's kind of like indirectly, um, yeah. But yeah. So Steph, if you're okay with it, like, I just want to like zoom into the beginning of, of his story. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So. Here we are. Set the stage for me. Tarantino this for Tarantino. me, Jonas. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Get me into like the bad moment. All right. And then zoom back and show me how it happened. All right. All right. Yeah. So it's going down. Yeah. It's uh, I'm a, a freelance copywriter, which is great. Like I 
I was in the golf business a lifetime ago. I was a golf professional. I gave golf lessons. I ran a golf shop, did that whole thing for a long time. And then I got, I kind of got, I wanted, I wanted to write. I wanted to have a family and write from home and uh, got into copywriting, which was awesome. I was able to do that, but then I got burned out doing that in that I was not able to write for myself. Um, I was writing for clients, some of which were very cool, but some of which were not so cool. Um, and we just had a baby and I was tired uh, to this day. She's like almost four years old and she doesn't sleep very well. Um, mm. So that was going on. I'm like, man, I just want, I want like a creative outlet. I want, I need to get like my writing back, you know? Um, so that's kind of where this whole story begins, I would say. So tell me really quickly about when you say I need to get my writing back, where were you writing before? Like, yeah. where was this creative writing happening before right. that you were like, because I, I know what it personally what it feels like to be able to write from the heart yeah, and to, to like sort of like actively follow that stream of thought that like down onto the page. And it's like my mind's alive and my heart's alive. I just feel like this is all me. Like I normally pull those sheets out of the typewriter and I'm like, dude, this is me. And then I give it to my wife or friends and they're just like, this is rubbish. And I'm like, I don't care. That was me. That was me. <laughs> totally, right. Yes. That's a great you know? point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was writing at jonasellison.com, my WordPress site for many years, um, kind of every two weeks ish. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed every post I wrote and my kind of small circle of followers and stuff where they really enjoyed it too. Um, but that's where my work was before I got really busy um, doing copy. for. And that was just a, a personal blog. Yeah. Just a personal blog. Just yeah. WordPress, WordPress personal blog on jonasellison.com. I, I did the same thing so many different times and I, and I kept like using different domains. Cause I thought like I would, I was actually like changing the direction of the thing I was writing. Oh. It wasn't, it was just me musing the same thing as it ever was. Totally. I, I think at one time I started one called uh, your and I got it. <laughs> it was derived from like, you know, it's a wonderful life. The movie, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It gets punched in the face, you know? And yeah. yeah. Like at the end of the movie, he's like, goes through the stuff and he's like, and the cop comes up to him and he's like, your mouth's bleeding, George. And he's like, my mouth's bleeding, my mouth's bleeding. Like, it's a great thing that his mouth is bleeding, right? And I thought this is such uh, a powerful moment and like people will totally get it, you know? And it's like, yeah. we, we take our pain in life and we create like beautiful things and like no one got it. So nope. yeah, nope. I've been there, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think that's how almost all of us start is with a with a with a a metaphor that it's just a bit too obscure. Yeah, a little bit. Just yeah. a bit too obscure. Mine was right to mean W R I T E to mean like to mean something, and yeah. I was just like, this is clever, right? To get a right to mean something, and it just is like hard to spell and like weird, and people are like, eh. but. That's where I got started as well. And I started writing about it. some parenting, like I, every once in a while, some parenting stuff started getting written about there. And that's what led me to start Father Apprentice, which was the first blog that ended up being topical for mm -hmm. me, where I had focus and, and an audience. Okay, mm -hmm. so we've, we, we've back into the story here. All right, the, the moment where Tarantino brings us into the film, it's like, you're just having a terrible morning. You didn't sleep well. You've got to work for these crappy clients. And you're having this like, Fine, like, you know, I don't know, you're brushing your teeth and your toothbrush breaks and you just like, it breaks. Like at the end of the day, you're just like, yes. you're like, no, I just got to get back to something for me. And, and so you had this feeling, uh, I think we all re resonate with this kind of like, just, I, I don't know where, 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 tell me about like, like, was there a moment that it snapped? <laughs> um, I, you know, not really. I, I guess it was like kind of a slow building up of, uh, angst, if you will. Uh, yeah. that led to this, you know, but I remember I was just reading some stuff at the time and I'm like, man, I wish I could write some stuff like this. You know, I was reading, um, a lot of Montaigne and, you know, Marcus Aurelius and like, man, if I could just like express myself in this way, like this is the kind of body of work I want to build. And so I think it was like from the stuff I was reading at the time that really kind of broke the camel's back. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so I'm curious as to how many people in our audience are like currently resonating with like, yeah, I read a lot of inspirational or listen to maybe this is what the fizzle show is to you in some ways. It's like, I listen to a lot of like, you know, basically aspirational stuff that's like you can do it you get like just like i see the gary vaynerchuk videos hmm. where he's just sitting there just telling me i'm stupid that i haven't done it yet you know and and you've got that those things coming in your life for you it was people from hundreds of years ago like montaigne and marcus Aurelius. good work 
Good work. That shows that, I don't know, I, I, I respect that uh, because it's just, it, most of us is probably just Gary Vaynerchuk and, and whatever other podcasts we're listening to or something. But, you know, I resonate a lot with that, with that feeling of you're listening to the Tim Ferriss show and you're hearing all of these people who are doing amazing stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know that's in me. Mm-hmm. I got that. I can do that. But I look at my life and I'm like, I'm tired. I'm doing crap work for crap clients. You know, none of this matters, but I mean, I'm making a living. I got to do what I got to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that, it feels like, feels like that's, yeah, that's the scene. That's the thing. The tension, the tension between that, I think I got to imagine a lot of Fizzle Show listeners resonate with. I tell you what, if you are resonating with that feeling of like, you've got the inspiration, the aspirational messages or like things coming in, that's like, you're, you kind of can't get enough of, that's what it's like for me often. I can't get enough of this. I don't know. You can do it. And here's how I did it. And I I just find it really, really inspirational. Right. But I don't necessarily always see the fruit of that in my life. I don't, I'm not, I'm not yet like committing all the way to some vision because I don't really have that vision yet. When did it come to you that you were going to do anything? Like what (laughs) was the Um, thing that you're like, well, here's what I'm going to try. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so if you rewind Tarantino yet again, uh, mm. a couple of years earlier, um, when I was writing my own blog, um, I was just like, after work one day, I was like, you know, scrolling through on Facebook. And I think it was a Tim Ferriss post, uh, where he posted, uh, an ebook from a guy named Kamal Ravikant. And the name of the book was love yourself. Like your life depends on it. And I'm like, this is the cheesiest title I've ever seen in my life. And I like kept on scrolling, but something brought me back to it. And I bought the book for like a dollar on Amazon. And I read it that afternoon. I mean, this is a fantastic book. I love this, you know, and I just went on my blog and I wrote a quick review of it. And I e- or e- either I emailed it or I tweeted it to the, the author or whatever. And he got right back and he was like, man, I looked at your blog. Thanks. Thanks so much for the review. And you're a fantastic writer. Like if I'd love to talk to you further, like just kind of like put it out there like that. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Um, so we, like we met up and had some coffee and he was like, you know, you got to put your work out where people can see it. Like you're on your own blog. And he was like, if you're a video guy, you should put your videos on YouTube. If you're an audio guy, you should do a podcast. If you're a writer, you should put, you know, write a book on Amazon. Like he did at the time. This is before medium. Um, so I didn't listen to him and, uh, went on with my life and, kind of got busy in the freelance copywriting world. And, um, and then kind of when I was having this moment, um, I just recalled that conversation and I'm like, yeah, that's, I do need to get my work out there where people can see it. So this is when medium was kind of first getting popular and I was kind of dabbling and I really enjoyed writing on it. Like it's amazing. And I just kind of had this idea like, yeah, it's kind of YouTube for writers and I'm going to get my work out there and just kind of see what happens. So yeah. 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 I love this. Uh, so, I love this. So this Jonas, I would be curious Steph. to hear. So here's something interesting. I feel like, first of all, a uh, couple things. One people, I have a hypothesis that people listening might be thinking, I, I love your story about how you are kind of scrolling past this ebook and you decided to buy it. You really liked it. You wrote the review and you emailed or tweeted the author. And in some ways it would be probably easy for someone out there listening to think like, well, gee, isn't that lucky? Um, but I don't really think it was lucky. I think, I mean, can you just talk to us about that, about the, about the element of luck? And do you think that, what is it that you think you did that got you noticed by that author? I mean, anybody can tweet or email, just talk to us about why you think that author paid attention to you in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing is, was enthusiasm. I was just like, so fired up about this book and like, I, it kind of like blew my expectations away and it really helped me with some stuff I was dealing with, um, with my dad at the time. And, uh, yeah. So I think that enthusiasm showed and I didn't really, I wasn't asking anything. I was just like, Hey, fantastic book. I just want my pe- my readers to like read this thing. I think it's right up their alley. Um, so he was like, you know, you did that for me and I want to help you by hanging mm-hmm. out and like just kind of being a mentor. And to this day we're in touch, you know, and he's helped me tremendously. So, um, yeah. That's so wow. Cool. So he, he was like a, he was like your Yoda. Yeah. In, much, in yeah, the, totally, in, yeah. You know, you were, you were like, you needed to learn about the force. You didn't know that you needed to learn about the force. Right. right? right. And he was just kind of going like, mm. 
a blog you must have. But where people read it, they would. <laughs> that was really bad. I'm sorry. I mean, part of it was good, but most of it was bad. But the idea being, he was kind of a guide for you, as well as Marcus Aurelius and Montaigne, uh, even Tim Ferriss. And like, you know, these are, I like couching things in sort of mythical terms for a lot of us, because the truth is, you guys, every one of, the, of us listening to the show and on the show right now, we're like, we're made for truly epic quests like we're like literally we have a quest our life is a quest i really like the work of carl young about this idea that that you're on a quest and so i loved looking at your story jonas finding this like the bad moment that we all relate to and it's like kind of like an everyday bad moment it's not like that 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 bad right but in the course of when you like i was starting off the show with when when you're just watching all those little sand pebbles fall through the hourglass and realizing this is how i'm spending my time like i have i only have x amount of sand pebbles left Sand pebbles, is that the right thing? Anyways, I only have X amount of sand pebbles left, and this is how I'm spending them? You know? Mm -hmm. To me, that's like an existential, there's like an angst there. There's a real angst there. Um, And you uh, both were, had your feelers out, you were you were getting your 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 you're being influenced by the gods, as it were, the Marcus Aureliuses, the Tim Ferrises, the the forces that be in the world, and those are the things that are interesting you. And then you find one that that for some reason you, it really resonated, and you actually reach out to, and it just was the perfect pl- time for perfect place. Mm-hmm. You know, he was at the perfect place in his career where there wasn't like 50 other Jonas Ellisons who had reached out to him before. Right. You know, it was just like perfect time. He wasn't a Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. He was this guy over here. Uh, and it ended up working out. And he gave you this one little piece of information, this little piece of advice that ended up completely tra- like being, being like a, a transformative thing that, ca- that it didn't do it at the time he gave it to you. It wasn't until later yeah. that you had this idea. Right. And so now maybe we could jump into the idea. What was the idea you had afterwards? After he gave this to you, you did nothing with it. Right. right. Like total Luke Skywalker, just like <laughs> whinging and whining. Well, I was going to go get some power converters well, at Tossie Station. You know, I'm actually kind of curious about that part before we go to what you actually did, Jonas. Yeah, I would love yeah. to know what, like, you got this advice and you felt kind of fired up by it for a moment and then you kind of put it on the shelf. Why do you think that is? Like, why didn't you take action on it right away? Yeah, great question. Um, well, what's really cool at that same time that we had coffee. So I had like zero, I had like, I did some direct response, like training on my own, mm. like just like writing out old sales letters by hand, like copying old sales letters. Da, da, da. Like I, I really had a passion to, to like get out of my job and do this writing thing full time. And I, you know, I was kind of expressing this to him when we were hanging out and so this was in San Francisco and this guy is pretty well tied into the whole like, like, you know, startup scene in San Francisco. So we're having coffee and this dude walks up to us and like they're chatting and he's a big angel investor, this guy, my mentor. Um, so they were chatting and uh, the guy leaves, the other guy leaves and, um, oh no, I, before he left, he was like, Hey, this guy, Jonas this is my friend. He's like the best copywriter I know. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> and so, he like get you know they, we exchanged emails me and this guy and next day he got back to me and he's like I don't I don't need a copywriter right now but I have this other I know this a friend of mine has a needs a copywriter and they connect you know we, he connected me and that was my first client like my first big client came out of that meeting and I just got busy I just I mean I had a kid and like I just didn't have time to write like the priority was making money through writing so I didn't have time to like. Yeah. You know, to do- so this whole other way, this whole other way opened up in front of you. Yeah. Right. Right. It was, uh, and, and yeah. So again, mythologically speaking, this was like, uh, you know, not necessarily the darkness you needed to turn into. Young has this idea that, that you have to head towards the darkness that you see. You have to go face the dragon. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. This is the only place that you can, that you can actually, that's where you're going to, what you seek is there right? This idea. And I can imagine, does that resonate this idea that you were actually probably more scared to pursue writing in some ways? Like, you know, that obviously isn't as certain or, or as, you know, I'm putting success in quotes here as successful looking as being this guy's best copywriter that he knows Mm. and you're working with, you know, connected people. Yeah. Does that resonate? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yep. that's fascinating. Yep. Steph, does that get to your, does that flesh you out on the um, on the why? I love that, that that you asked that question about why didn't you just dump right, jump right in and make the decision right then? Why didn't you just do something about it right then? Yeah. How easy it was to yeah. like wait on it. And you know, I think we see this all the time, and I have certainly been there because, and for everybody listening, like you can probably think of a million times where life got in the way. Whether it's you know, I just got an email from someone this morning who was like, "I would love to dive into my business, but I'm getting married next month." Like. There's I, 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 I'm curious about this idea that there's kind of always something, you know, there's always something that gets in the way. There's new kid, there's new job, whatever the case may be. Um, but it's interesting to me that Jonas kind of found his way back to the opportunity. So it kind of got shelved mm. for a little while and then it resurfaced, which I don't know, I think is instructive in a way. Um, I am yeah. a big believer and I have found in my own life that this whole idea of like trusting the timing of your life, I think is, is really important not to say that you should put things off forever, but sometimes I think going with the flow and and knowing when to pursue something versus when to kind of go where the proverbial river is taking you is, is really a helpful thing when you feel like you're fighting against the resistance um, of mm. trying to get your thing going. Cause sometimes it does make sense to take the big copywriting job, you know? So I think that yeah. It's interesting for people out there who are feeling that resistance. Uh, I think in a way, not to get too out there with it, but if it's, I don't want to say if it's meant to be, but I guess in a way, if it's meant to be, it kind of does resurface like it did here for Jonas. Like it did come back up Mm -hmm. as an opportunity later down the road, which I think is probably something that people out there really are happy and excited to hear. I think I would love to hear that if I were, you know, back in that beginning stage. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what it makes me go for it, Jonas. Oh yeah. No, I, I mean, looking back now, I mean, I think it's my that experience of being a copywriter uh, that has really helped me in my, you know, in my work today. Like I think yeah. without experience, it might have been a lot more difficult. I mean, I, I kind of like intentionally didn't want to do things a certain way on this publication, um, and I think having done that for other people, I was like, eh, okay, it might work, like, but I don't want to do it that way. So it's like going through the thing. And then like seeing what serves me, what doesn't, what works, what doesn't. And then like what I want to use. I think it was just a great experience. I mean, mm-hmm. back, you know, so yeah. Absolutely. No, totally. So did that, it, did some of that frustration that you just mentioned of having worked for somebody else, is that part of what led you to like reevaluating, picking back up the advice that was given to you about maybe I should start to see if I can do this myself. Is that what got you there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. You know what it makes me think of is it makes me think of uh, <laughs> Karate Kid. And he goes like, I'm going to learn how to do karate. And what does Mr. Miyagi have him do first? Does anyone remember? Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's wax on, wax off forever. He's sweeping forever. Right? Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, when am I going to get to do the, like, the kick stuff? Right. I want to do some kung fu. These bullies are picking on me. Right. You know, I want to be a writer. Right. Yeah. I love that. Cause it's just like that. It's, it's, uh, it's like you went and did some wax on wax off and that, that ended up being an important part of, of where your myth sort of took you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Okay. So before we jump in to the very next thing, which is like the idea that you had and how you came up with it and how you pursued it, let me just read this really quick from Aptive, who is our sponsor for today. Aptive, A-A-P-T-I-V. It's like active but it's two A's and a P and a T instead of the other ways you spell active. You know what I'm talking about. Aptive, it's an app, okay? Here's the deal. That drive you feel to work out harder in a class or in a personal training session, I'm sure most of you have felt that where you're like, you've got a teacher pushing you. Aptive as an app in your freaking pocket connected to your headphones, right? Delivers that experience straight to your earbuds by syncing motivational guidance of a trainer, right? With the perfect playlist of music to bring you this sort of elevated on-demand audio fitness experience, okay? An elevated on-demand audio fitness experience, all right? From beginner stair climber classes to really high-intensity elliptical workouts and energizing yoga flows. Access professionally guided workouts anytime anywhere with Aptive. Okay. Now as a listener of this show, Aptive wants to give you 30 days for free. All you have to do is you go to fizzle.co slash Aptive. That's A-A-P-T-I-V. Fizzle.co slash Aptive. And at some point you're going to see where did you hear about us or add the code and just write in Fizzle there. And they're going to give you 30 days of 
free use of this app. I think you're really going to dig it. You know, one of the things that uh, we've all experienced here personally inside of Fizzle is if you're not taking care of your body, your mind is going to suffer too. And it doesn't mean you have to be like, you know, throwing up huge weights on the bench press or being really fit and like, oh my God, yoga gal. Like you just, you just need to be doing fitness for you. And what's good about, what's great about Aptive is, is it kind of, it, it's wherever you are, it's going to have something for you. So if you're up for it, give it a try. Our thanks to Aptive for supporting independent business and the Fizzle Show. Again, you can grab that at fizzle.co slash Aptive. Okay. Now let's back into Jonas's story. I want to hear what was the idea that you came up with? Yeah. So at the time, um, I was also reading a lot of Julia Cameron, the artist way and stuff, doing a lot of morning pages just on my own. So I'd wake up, you know, I'd have some coffee before the wife and the kid. And, uh, I would just kind of write in my journal, um, just kind of free write. And I'm like, you know what? I could just take that time to write in this thing on medium. And like, um, and so like, it was kind of like a daily meditation to, block off X amount of time and, and write, but not for myself, you know, for in public, you know, in, in a, in a, yeah. in there. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to like kind of elevate my, my consciousness, <laughs> if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah. and, and kind of write from that space, um, and on a daily basis. So like, it was kind of like a therapeutic thing, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really come at it from like, how can I grow this thing? Like, how can I, it was kind of like for me and, uh, just kind of, you know, I, I wanted to do things a certain way and mm. yeah, that, that's, that was just the spark that, that started it. And it was, did you have a certain number of days? It oh, sounded yes. like it was yeah, like a 30 so, day so, yeah. thing. Uh, it was a 30 day. I, I was like, I, I want to do this 30 days every day, including the weekends and just see what yeah. happens, you know, like, yeah, just, just a short little project and starting an end and then, then that's it, you know? So what did you, what were you hoping might come of it? So you mentioned that you weren't really going for results or for the approval of other people, which I think is awesome. But what did you hope would happen at the end of 30 days? Did you have any hopes? There, there was a little bit of approval there, of course, you know, step writing it in a, in a public space. Um, but I, I just wanted to see how, how medium was, how, how the engagement was and just kind of like how that I, I wanted to really, I just wanted to create a body of work. Um, mm-hmm myself but also for others um yeah i didn't i don't know I, it's kind of a, it was kind of an abstract idea but um yeah hopefully that answers your question i don't know yeah no that that's interesting <laughs> well what it points out to me is that you're like yeah you had you, there's some things that you wanted from it obviously it'd be really cool to see if the people responded positively mm-hmm. and you're putting yourself out there in a way where at least they have a chance to Right. You're not writing in your like day one app or something like that. You know, you're not writing in the journal, keeping it co- totally private. You're putting it out there in a way, uh, which obviously is going to force you to write in a way that makes more sense. Right. You know, not, you can't just use your own little like shorthand for things. You have to actually explain things in a way that's going to make sense to someone who's never heard that story that your daughter told or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so, but now I don't know. Tell me what you... What I love this idea that like, okay, I was, first of all, I was doing it for me. This is something that I've sort of studied personally, because when I can get you to a place where we've figured out you want to write, and then we come up with a project that just the, just the performance of that project itself, you can make that feel like you're successful just by doing it, Mm -hmm. regardless of how the world responds to it. Mm-hmm. of if the market opens up for it, right? And things like that. Because there are these two forces at work when we're trying to do business. We've got our, and, and, and art and anything like that, right? We've got the things that motivate and drive us, our personal interests, our muse, right? Uh, the things that sort of turn us on and the things that intrigue us and w- places where we, we just, these are the things we feel like we want to create, we want to write about, we want to explore. Why isn't everybody talking about this more often, yada, yada, yada. But then there's the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the world has its own desires. And this is, you know, this is determines the size of your audience and, and how passionate or engaged that audience is. Right. And, uh, so anyways, when I hear someone talking about, I want to do something for me, obviously it'd be really cool if the world opened up and started liking it in a positive way as well. But I defined this game. I'd made up this game. I'm going to write a post every day for 30 days, even on the weekends. I'm going to tell the truth. Right. I'm going to do some sort of like Seth Godin style daily sort of shortest, mm-hmm. shortish musing style posts, but about the things that are turning me on naturally. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Whether that is about writing or whether that is about spirituality or elevating my consciousness or uh, interpreting or, or accepting or allowing past negative events or whatever. The kinds of things that we're all sort of, we all, no matter how spiritual we call or don't call ourselves, like we all got to deal with like parents or something like that. You know what I mean? We all got things in our past where we're like, gosh, if I could just get over these things, I probably <laughs> would be a lot happier. You know, but anyways, uh, you designed this game to play and then a a timeline that you were going to play it for 30 days. And then kind of like, it sounds like you were just like, if I can just do 30 days of this, it's, uh, it's its own success. The, the, the journey was its own reward and whatever, you know, bounty comes from this exploration is just, is just a boon. And that obviously tell me now, I mean, well, first of all, does that, does that, is that how you were kind of thinking about it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of just wanted to do this for myself and like, and kind of want to do it differently. Like I had been in the marketing world for some time and I, you know, I, I totally understood how to write like the clickbait headline and the, I understood how to write a post that kind of goes big, but I'm like, I don't know. I really enjoy like reading Seth Godin and just the simple headlines and like the, just very warm kind of voice and, you know, nothing too, um, too crazy, you know, and I just wanted to kind of keep it low key, but like really true to myself. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I set out to do. And, uh, yeah, that 30 days and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then, and then, uh, one of those days, do you remember, uh, was it the last day? Was it the very end when you wrote the, like, here's what I learned after 30 days of writing every day? Yeah. So after 30 days, I'm like, well, I'm going to write about it now. So, uh, I wrote the post, what I learned after 30 straight days of blogging. I think that's the title. Um, uh-huh. and it was kind of a longer post and kind of went into like what I learned and how I changed and kind of my transformation a little bit through this process. Um, and I was kind of like starting to fall in love with it. I'm like, man, I was kind of like wishing that something would, I don't know. Like I was like 30 days that kind of flew by and yeah, it was kind of the closing kind of like a sweet closing almost to it. And, uh, yeah, yeah posted it. And uh, that was kind of it. And I went to bed that night and, uh, woke up the next morning to a buzzing phone. I mean, it was like, so it kind of went vi- micro viral, like, um, Huffington Post picked it up and observer and a couple others. And I'm like, man, mm. this is like, I've been trying for, like, I've kind of actively been trying to get my work in these publications before with like zero success. And mm. now here I write this thing. I didn't even try to get it in there and, and it got picked up. So I'm like, apparently there's some pretty, pretty, uh, higher level eyes on this stuff in medium. Um, yeah. so I'm like, wow, like, maybe I should just keep going, you know? <laughs> so uh, that's so, so describe for me, like what, what the experience of micro viral really is. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like crazy viral, like Gangnam style or whatever, but it was, it was like micro viral. So just a ton of emails, a ton of responses on medium, a ton of tweets, um, Facebook, all the, you know, all the stuff. Uh, yeah. So, so people were fine. People were going nuts over the thing that you wrote Yeah. and, 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 and what's cool about that too, is it was, is I was talking about these last 30 days of blogging mm-hmm. that you were doing. So I had several people were interested enough to, to go like, well, where have you been doing this blogging stuff? <laughs> you know, it's, that's a pretty cool kind of post to go viral because it's just promoting the thing you've been doing well, itself. That's right? what I'm kind of curious about Jonas. So what it like, cause it's really interesting. That's probably the last kind of post that I would expect from just from what I'm hearing from the story, that's got, I'm surprised to hear that that's the one that went viral. So what, it, like from your estimation, what do you think it was about that post that struck a chord for people? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it uh, yeah, I didn't expect it either. Uh, I think it's a lot of people just have this yearning to express, you know, and I think maybe their life gets so busy and so noisy and they're so caught up in like consuming content and, you know, doing their thing that they, the routine and, and they don't really set aside time for self-expression. And I think that they see someone doing that for 30 days straight and they're like, wow, how'd you, you know, it's kind of like, how'd you do that? You know? And I think mm. it's, it's a high level of curiosity that, that I think, I guess a lot of people have. And I, I can relate to that because I, 
Mm-hmm. I always wondered how like Seth Godin like wrote every day for, and he's been writing every day for 10, 15 years. Like, how do you do that? You know? So I kind of, I can relate to that, but I, yeah, I think that's the, that's the thing that's, mm. that, yeah. Was there, yeah. a, was there a transformation that you found that you shared with, with people in that article? And if so, was it like, was there a specific thing that happened in those 30 days that you put out there that people may have latched onto? Do you think? I think just writing the thing that, that la- people latched onto that, kind of was my point was this like, you know, to, to make space for yourself to kind of speak your truth. And, um, and, and that in itself is a reward, you know, instead of like trying to, Oh, I'm going to get this many followers by this date, or I'm going to try to pitch this product, which is all fine and good. But like, you know, there's also that there's so many ways to kind of satisfy that inner urge to self-express. And I think, you know, just letting yourself do that without any, any like practical reason is, is a powerful thing. Um, that was kind of my point of that article. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow, that's great. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a heck of a message. I'm just making note of that. Cause I'm going to definitely use a picture of you with that quote, make space to speak your truth. Uh, on our Instagram account, you know, Team Fizzle on Instagram, Jonas, it's a really big deal. People are going nuts. They're going nuts for it. Uh, so we wrote this this uh, this summary post at the end of 30 days. Where were you in followership at the end of that 30-day process? I mean, we already did the the article before or the, the episode previously. If people haven't heard the episode before this, episode 217 of The Fizzle Show, we also had Jonas on. He was talking about just specific tactics for using Medium to grow your audience. And one of them was having a publication. We got into that in depth and stuff like that. So we don't need to get into the details of that. But... You, uh, you had a, a little bit of a following, I'm assuming at, at, at the end of the 30 days, do you remember roughly about where that was? Man, uh, I'm thinking it was around maybe a thousand. Okay. So st- like that's, that's p- a thousand people going like, yeah, tell me more when you write anytime you write. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that was working. Right. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, like I said, before the 30 day post, it was, it wasn't huge, but it was like, cool. Like every, every day, like I would get more and more engagement um so things yeah that, that, that's yeah that's the thing that to me i'm like i'm like okay so thinking about other fizzle show listeners right now who want to have an audience of of just even just a thousand people paying attention to their stuff they're like that'd be amazing right so something you were doing was working jonas like your writing w- didn't completely suck you know what I mean? I like using that t- terminology rather than it was really good, right? Like sure, <laughs> I'm always sure, sending totally, things yeah. to friends and going like, "Hey, is there any things in this that don't completely suck?" <laughs> and uh, those are the best friends you could possibly have who say, uh, "I mean, maybe this part doesn't suck, but the rest of it, I, th- I don't know. I think all of it might suck." <laughs> those are fun friends to have. I'm talking to you, Jay. Anyways, um, <laughs> the this this sense that like people were paying attention mm-hmm. and it was kind of working you were even just having a thousand people at the end of the 30 day thing. Number one, I do think there's a bit of a mechanism in when you're writing, like I'm doing a 30 day thing. I'm writing once a day for 30 days. It's like, this is a thing in and of itself. It reminds me of, I've seen companies do with their blog. We're on the path to a hundred thousand dollars in monthly recurring revenue. Follow along our blog. And we'll, whereas we document how we're pursuing this growth. Right. And now it's like, Oh, there's a mission. Oh, I see. There's a mission and these guys are working on it, right? Uh, in some ways, you're writing every day for 30 days is a little bit of a mission. So it kind of, it brings a little bit of sparkle to what would normally be just an article about how to, you know, the, uh, like the difference between uh, thinking positively and thinking negatively on something. Do you know what I mean? Like there was a little bit of a mechanism at work there, which is killer. I love, I love experiments like this because what, what, worst case scenario, you lose 30 days, mm-hmm. right? Right. And, and think and no of matter what, all the things you gain. Yeah. And no matter what happens, even if you got zero traction, well, like you said, Jonas, you have a body of work. You have stuff published that you can point back to later. Like that stuff that you wrote exists out in the world, no matter, no matter how it goes. So you really only have upside to gain from an experiment with that, like that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Totally. Okay. So we're all here at this moment where you wake up with a phone buzzing and realize, oh my God, the Huffington Post and a handful of other publications have republished this or, or 
published about it. You're getting probably a lot more traffic to your post on Medium. You're uh, probably getting a lot more subscribers. Then tell me what happens sort of next. I'm imagining this, this sort of flush and elation and this feels good, but in the following week, do you decide to keep writing every day? Do you change your mind about, like, you just said 30 days, you did 30 days, and then, boom, this big thing happened, which is just like an influx of interest in some ways. Like, oh my God, you realize the power of the internet. Like, you know, it's like, holy crap, there's an enormous amount of power here. So what did you do next? Yeah, so after that, I mean, I was like, wow, this, I, I thought this was the end, but maybe this might just be the beginning, you know? And, uh, I kept doing it and I, I, we were actually, so we had a Rory, my daughter was like one and a half at that time. And, uh, we were planning going to Europe. I'm like, how are we going to, how am I going to do this? Like we're gonna, traveling to Europe and it's going to be interesting for, you know, we're going to yeah. be there for like three months. And, uh, but yeah, I just did it. I just made a commitment and I did it. And, uh, there were some days that I didn't want to do it. Like sick days, like family days, um, days, like one day we were like, you know, in the Alps with visiting friends and like, there was no signal. And I'm like, I didn't put up my post that day. And I'm like, I got to do it. You know? So I like, <laughs> like, went out and I was like walking around the Alps, like trying to find, I found one bar of signal. And I like published it and it took it. And I'm like, yes. So, <laughs> so <laughs> wow. I, yeah. I just, so I, yeah, it just became a mission, you know? And, uh, yeah, just kind of in, increased in, in followership and, and then just like the personal emails I, I started getting like, people were deeply affected by this, this work I was doing. And, uh, that I would say is the most rewarding thing that I, that I experienced was, was that just the one-on-one interactions from people reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, I, whatever this happened and your, your stuff every morning has really been kind of helped me out through this, you know? And yeah. Mm. So uh, it's kind of just turned into a mission, like, like a thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you did keep going. You kept doing it every day. Even when you went to Europe, you're like, I got to do this. <laughs> I love that. The idea of you can picture you like just walking through the Alps with your cell phone up in the air, just like <laughs> just looking for why, like, you know, some sort of cellular signal that you could get the post out through. So you did it every day. You kept doing it. Are you still doing it every day now? I am. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And now give me, give me like, give me a sense of, of, you know, now I have the question that you had earlier of Seth Godin, like, how did he, how did he write every day? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Obviously I'm thinking of, okay, we're coming up with topics. Yeah. Okay. R- writing about that topic makes sense or, or it takes time rather, uh, figuring out exactly what the points are in that topic. Do you just flow through it or do you like come up with a few bullet points and then add paragraphs around it? So can you give me a sense just in a, in a couple minutes, like what your writing process looks like most days? Yeah. Most days, um, so I, I try to capture the ideas w- and when they come through, um, and they usually come in floods, you know, like two or three at once and they come in sentences and I just write down the sentence in my note app on my phone or whatever, wherever I can. And that, you know, if I can write a longer post, I do, but usually it's just like, I just jot it down. So I have kind of a stockpile and then I get, you know, in the morning is kind of like my time for writing. So I sit down and I'll pull one up and if it's still alive, I'll, kind of like resuscitate mm. it, you know, kind of like put some life back into it and finish it and po- publish it. Um, on the weekends, if I, if, if it looks, I'm going to have a busy weekend, I'll just kind of like schedule my posts, kind of like write a couple. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't have to, you know, family days. I, I don't know. It's kind of like I've been through, it was hard for a while because I mean, especially like, you know, my wife wasn't a huge fan of like, I was always thinking about what <laughs> I was going to write, you know, like it's not yeah. easy on your relationships. Yeah. Um, as much as like you hear like, Oh, writing is so good for your, soul and this and that but it's like no i mean there is a level where you kind of get get lost in it and uh i kind of went down there and it it was it wasn't great for a while but then i i don't know like after doing it and just committing to it i've kind of come up with a system that works for me where it's not Mm. it doesn't take much away from my life you know it takes me 20 minutes or so to write a post and um just not that big of a deal anymore but i think going through that those early stages of like how am i going to do this um, kind of led to this. I'm not sure if there's any way around it, but yeah. Mm. 
I yeah. think what's so interesting is that I'm thinking of that moment where, okay, so we talked about the moment where you woke up and the phone's buzzing and like in so many ways, this is the dream. This is like what every blogger hopes will happen to their writing is it kind of blows up and it's so exciting. But I don't know if many of us have really thought about what comes after that. Like you said, I love how you put it when you said uh, it kind of felt like it was the, the thing, but in many ways it was just the beginning. And I have to imagine that there was almost like a natural letdown that comes from, okay, like that happened, the sort of shine wears off and it's like, great, now I have to keep working. <laughs> like that's, I think the really interesting part is we all think about you go viral and then that's the end of the story. But for you, Jonas, it sounds like it was really just the beginning. That's really where the work began. Is that kind of what you're telling us? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's so many times I've wanted to not do it, you know, like, um, but it's just those. So, I mean, I don't know, it's just those several emails from people that I've kind of, you know, built kind of deeper friendships with. And it's like, Hey, you know, you, you know, like every morning with my coffee, I read your work and it's like, that's such a gift as a writer. Like, yeah, yeah. That is something that, that I don't know. I, I, I can't like my part of me wants to like say, you know what? I have other stuff to do. Um, but a deeper part of myself is like, that is a gift that I can't say no to, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's fascinating. That is, you're right. And, and, and you know, what, I, what Corbett's always so quick to remind us of is, is like, yeah, that, and put that in one hand and, you know, and, and I don't know, two bucks in the, I, I don't know what, what he would say. My thing. <laughs> what he'd really say is one hand and wish in the other and see which one fills up first. That's what he'd really mm-hmm. say. Right. Because it's like people who read your stuff every day, first and foremost, it has to be said, this is an enormous power. Right. This is how a Fox News network becomes a billion, billion, billion dollar company is because people are watching you while they drink their coffee or something. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have this like you're like this media agency yourself because there's this group of people that are, you know, probably pretty diverse along age and race and uh, gender and and all sorts of things. You know, they're really diverse, but there's some common element here. Mm -hmm. Right. So so, you know. Anyways, I bring up Corbett's part just because he's not here. And he'd go like, yeah, but that doesn't matter because you're not, you, like, what matters is when this pays for your bills so that all you do is you write that in the morning, mm-hmm. you know? And then you go, you get to have the life that you want to live. Right. And, and we're not quite there yet. But what I, lo- what I have to state is, is, no, the power that you have, the seed that you have in this massive audience um, right now that is paying attention to you this way because you have the goods you can write a thing that even if some people read it and don't like it, there's lots that do read it and do like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and if that is coming from you, like if that's coming off of the typewriter and you're holding it up and going, this is me, I'm, I swear to God, this is, I really feel like this is me. I feel like at home in this thing I just wrote. And even if everyone around you goes like, yeah, that's, you're just being weird. It's just Jonas being weird. Um, and, and there's gonna, and there's people online going like, no, this is like, this is air to me. This is water. Like, this is water. This feels amazing uh, just to read because my head feels like that too, right? This is how community is created and, and access to uh, trust. These audi- this audience is trusting you, mm. right? So it's enormous power that you have to put things in front of them that you believe in that, and you're asking them to, to, to buy them because, well, this is a place you could sacrifice that trust. You know, if it's not good or if it's not this, that, and the other, right? Uh, this is why I love business so much because, I mean, it just reminds me of church. You know, I, I have a churchy background. Uh, <laughs> I think of Nacho Libre when he says, uh, I've been having a lot of churchy opportunities these days. <laughs> but it reminds me of church, uh, my experience of it, uh, in that like, there's a real honest to God, like you come, you come sit when I'm preaching or leading worship or something, you're going to, you're going to like, you're going to like it. It's going to be good. You're going to be like, that was, that was thoughtful. That was nice. That was, that was good. That was always my experience at churches. Um, no matter, you know, right. Like that's why we go to this church instead of that church. But there is this thing that's like, all right, if you want to have a place where you can do that every week, you got to like, we can't keep the lights on with just like our good intentions. You know, I don't know. I just love that, that this is what I, I mean, this is what I do to business all the time is I turn it into church. I turn it into, I think, I think of the ultimate value is you being comfortable, more comfortable in your own skin. 
That's what Louis C.K. does for me. He's like my he's like my head pastor in some ways, right? Or great comedians, great artists, comedians tell the truth, right? And they make me feel more comfortable in my own skin. I think your writing makes people feel more comfortable in their own skin. And it's probably the same thing that a Marcus Aurelius or Montaigne or or like that that book that you mentioned before does for you. You are sensitive to that experience. And so you're able to give it out to others in a way. And I resonate with that too. That's, that's my head's like that as well. Uh, and, and there's a lot of people listening to the show who, who it might not be for spirituality or something like that. It might just be for freaking NASCAR, like, or, or, you know, sports stats or something. I don't know. Or, or natural makeup. Like there's all these, I'd love to do a more natural makeup, but I don't know. There's just like too many options. I don't know which one to go for. Right. And you've done all the work and cause you just kind of geek out on it. Right. And so I don't know. I don't know how to summarize what I've just said there. I'll just, I'll just hope that you people have been tracking because I don't even know where I went there. But <laughs> the point being, I love um, that the internet enables this. Do you understand? Like this is a really big deal that you're able to just like fart out posts in the morning from a real place and you, right? But you're just a, you're just a, you're just Jonas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're just yeah. Jonas, right? <laughs> and, and then how did this happen? And the same exact thing happened with Corbett Barr, happened with me in a smaller way, right? Like happened with Pat Flynn, happened with, uh, you know, insert name of anybody who's doing a thing ever, right? Now we get all these strategies about it. And, you know, here's how we do it now. But where almost all of us started back then was we were just doing, we we're just farting out some things. It was like, I was just Chase. I was just being Chase. And I, was, I thought people might like this because I would have liked it if I found it. You know, it's a big deal that the internet enables this stuff. So I, I want to ask about the, the survey, because I think that's a really important point, but part, part of your story, rather. But before we do that, can I just ask, like, when did you find Fizzle? Uh, you were a member for a while. You probably maybe listened to the podcast or the blog. How did you, when in this journey did you find Fizzle? And how did you sort of use it to help you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Chase, I've been following you forever. <laughs> uh, and I, I was on Fizzle when you guys first started it. So, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It helped me. I mean, being a copywriter, it helped me a ton. Um, and then, yeah, just with, uh, there was one course where you went really deep with, uh, Steve cam. Um, Oh yeah. The, the design for non-designers course, the, the, the essentials of design for business builders. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not a web designer, but I just, you know, being a messaging guy and like, wanting to do this thing. It just kind of, it was cool, like seeing him and like how he kind of seeing his thought process of how he served his tribe. Um, yeah, that was like huge. And I just, I rewatched that thing a few times and, and got a lot of value from that one. That was my favorite, but, uh, yeah, I've been following you guys forever. So yeah, for sure. Oh, that's amazing. Cool. Any, any advice for people before we get into the final question, any advice for people that are like, you know, like, like we have so many blog posts and podcasts and, and like outside of the realm of like, here's what you should do. Looking at how you ended up using the either fizzle membership or the podcast or the blog post or just all this, the crap that's available to people online, mm-hmm. all those Montaigne books and, and Marcus Aurelius books or, or Tim Ferriss posts where you might just like stumble on an ebook that changes your entire life. Right. There's all of this stuff. Like, I don't know. How do you, any, any piece of advice or word of advice on, on it for, for someone out there who's like, how do I navigate this mm. whole thing? Yeah. I mean, I would say that your, your ideal audience or your ideal tribe is not a heck of a lot different than you are. So really overthinking it is can act against you, you know, mm. um, think about what you like and think about what you like to read. Think about, kind of what kind kind of content you enjoy or you wish there was more of. And, you know, just really kind of think about yourself on the other side of, of this thing. And, and, and really, if you can do that, like you can, then you just create it, you know? Um, mm. Yeah. So it sounds like you're saying, you're saying find the stuff that resonates with you yeah. and just stick with that and don't overthink it. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So then take me to this point, I think, and this will be the, where we end here. The, the, this point of the survey, like you were like, if I'm hearing you right, it was like, I'm wondering what I should be writing more about. I mean, obviously, if you're writing every day, you've got to write about a ton of different stuff, mm-hmm. but you're writing for an audience. And so you're trying to like write stuff that they're going to like and that you're going to like writing, right? I know this conundrum very, very 
personally, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Every freaking week I have to put together a Fizzle Show topic that I can be myself and enjoy talking about, but is going to be interesting to people who have already heard me talk about how we're all going to die and you better figure something out with your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, we can't listen to that every day, but you decided to do a survey. Tell me what you learned from this survey. Maybe set up a little bit of, mm. of what did you ask in the survey and then what did you learn? Mm. Yeah. So this was, uh, about a year into it and, you know, I was a copywriter, um, still, um, I had gotten a gig with my a couple of friends of mine. They have a digital agency, like I mentioned earlier, and I was doing work for them. I really enjoyed it. But so anyway, I thought it was a lot of my posts were based around creativity and writing and stuff. But I don't know. I kind of like found myself getting into spirituality and mindfulness and whatnot more often than not. And so I was at this point where I was like, who am I? Like, what am I here? Like I named my publication higher thoughts, which is very kind of vague. It could be anything, right? Um, and so I'm, like, I'm going to ask my readers what they enjoy. I just, I just want to know. <laughs> Get out of my own head for a second and kind of ask what they, what they like. So I, it was a quick Google form, and I just kind of said, hey, what, uh, what kind of thing do you enjoy reading? And I put a few different topics. Like one was creativity and writing. One was spirituality and mindfulness. One was like personal stories. And there was a couple. I forget the other ones, but there was a couple more. And I was almost for sure that I was going to get back mostly people who enjoyed my writing stuff. And uh, yeah, it came back like resounding like 80 something percent were like spirituality and mindfulness. And it kind of blew me away. I was like, wow, this is okay. Um, and I just, I don't know, like looking back, another, another, another tip I have for fizzlers is like, look at your bookshelf. You know, what's on your bookshelf? Um, and if you look at my bookshelf, it's like, I'm like a new... <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a self-help, like personal development junkie, you know, and that's probably, <laughs> a, probably a weakness as much as it is a strength, but like, that's, I enjoy that, you know, and, uh, the spirituality thing, like, um, is a big deal for me reading wise. And, uh, yeah, so that was it. Like I kind of owned it and I actually, you know, it kind of like most of my posts were based on spirituality and, um, I actually signed up for divinity school and I'm actually on the pathway to ministry. Just got a job in Chicago. I can't, it's not public yet. So I can't say who it's for, uh, but, yeah. um, but moving the family out to Chicago in August to be an assistant minister at a, at a amazing spiritual community and all through the blog, you know? Um, <laughs> so I'm kind of glad I took that, took that to heart and owned it, you know? So yeah, and and to to clarify for people about the the kind, I mean, it's not like your typical evangelical Christian church you're talking about. And this is sort of, I mean, how do you explain the 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 path? How do you explain that? Yeah, the place it, that you're going to, to be serving. It really is hard to explain because people have in their mind a certain thing, and uh, yeah, so it's a, it's called New Thought. It's the New Thought tradition. And it's basically non denominational uh, interfaith tradition that. It's kind of like God is inside. It's God is never out there anywhere. It's not an old man in the clouds. It's 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 this thing inside that kind of this creative um, aspect uh, to humanity. Mm. Uh, and it's kind of Christian based, but it's like we believe in the you know not in like the consciousness behind that. Not not so much the guy himself, but like the consciousness that that uh, under kind of under undermines or under, flows underneath that. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's the the skinny, the super skinny of it. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, so you you were like, what should I write about? And you you put together a simple Google form, just the simplest, just bare bones, simple Google form. Choose one of these as your if your it's your favorite or whatever. Yeah. Uh, if you'd prefer to hear me talk about that stuff, mm-hmm. and you added spirituality and mindfulness just like on a whim like well i like writing about this stuff but i'm pretty sure everybody's gonna go with creativity that kind of you know elizabeth gilbert big magic type of stuff everybody likes that right but 80 percent of your audience comes back with like this strong sort of like please more spirituality and mindfulness and consciousness stuff yeah yeah and so you to me like this is the end of the movie for me this is the moment where our hero finds his audience you know, where he like finds his tribe and, and hit all is set right in the world where he realizes the things that are in him trying to get out are actually desired by the world on the outside of him. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so he can get used to that posture of digging inside and pulling it out and digging in. It's what he wanted to be doing anyways, you know, <laughs> finding, finding the nuggets and, and taking them out for other people to see. Um, and then the people, when they see them, they don't go like, you're stupid. They go, oh, I, this is perfect. I read this every morning with coffee. You know, it's this really, it's a really, really cool story. The way that, the way that this all happened for you. Um, it's fascinating to me because I mean, I think it's a real modern day, uh, real humane version of this is what success looks like these days. This is one shape that success can look like. And, and I read this quote by Maya Angelou says success is liking yourself, liking what you do and liking how you do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I resonate with that so much because I've had like lots of money coming in or I've had like, like uh, notoriety at a level that like, you know, is above average, not like big stage stuff, but all the stuff that I'm hungry for, you know, I've had bits of that and I could still just, ah, just hate myself in the midst of all of it. You know, I could still just have such a storm raging inside. And um, it's almost like that storm is my calling is what I've experienced. And then say, and that's what, that's what your story reminds me of is you're like, I feel this stuff in my bones. I want to write it. I want to, I want to do it. I, I, I want to get, like you said in the very beginning, I want to get back to my writing. You know, mm-hmm. like that was just some, that was just part of this mining process that you just needed to do. And maybe one day it'll, you'll be done. Right. Probably. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, um, yeah. But it's crazy how, I mean, like the Joseph Campbell like, hero's journey thing is so, I mean, it's just so <laughs> apparent to like many different things in life, like yeah, from the writing to like being in an uncomfortable kind of like a place that you're not, you know, you're just like, you're kind of outgrowing and the, just the terror of like leaving that place and going out, you know, and coming back to it, you know, and this ministerial path is like the same thing. It's like, I'm in a really small town now. It's very comfortable and like, it's, you know, it's kind of quiet and now I'm being called like this big city to like start this thing or help start this thing or grow this thing that I have no idea if it's going to succeed, you know, this and that. So it's like, mm. it just kind of keeps on happening. Whatever, uh, whatever you do, whether it's getting married or whatever, you know, um, it, this thing, this thing called life kind of calls you forward and like, you, you just got to follow, <laughs> you just got to go. Yeah. You know? So yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Steph, uh, anything else to add and, or like to summarize or to, to speak after, after all this? You know, I think what I'm going to take away from the conversation that I hope maybe other people will take uh, to heart as well is just this idea that Jonas was truly doing the work that was interesting to him um, when this, when this, when he found the path, you know, it wasn't Mm. a question of like, you know, I was, and I said this to Chase yesterday, I was looking at a a podcast stuff yesterday and I was looking at what some of the top business podcasts are. Never do that stuff. Never do that. I did that and I'm not going to call out exactly what I saw. You guys can go to iTunes and see, probably guess what I'm talking about, but you will see the top five or top 10 podcasts. Not all of them. There's some good ones up there, but a good business specifically, business specifically, a good handful of them are nothing. They're they're thinly veiled, get rich, quick schemes, frankly. And it bums me out, but it also motivates the heck out of me because I'm like, okay, hell no, this is not, this is not how we do things around here. Internet people get it together. But Mm -hmm. I just don't know a lot of stories. I mean, for some people out there that will work and you can get rich quick and you can make $700,000 a year off of Amazon or whatever. But what we're talking about here is so much deeper than that. It's authentically connecting to your interests, your curiosity, like we've talked about a few times on the podcast now, and just being like, you know what, I'm going to explore this. And as I go deeper into myself and do the work that is interesting to me and that lights me up, other people start tracking with that because you can feel that. And there is no substitute for that. There is no handbook for that. That is just living from your core. And so I love, love that we have another, yet another example of someone, which is Jonas, someone who just did that and it worked. So for people out there who are tempted to fall into the trap of like, whatever the latest trend is, flipping houses, get rich that way, whatever, that's not what it's about, guys. And by the way, this is such, I think, a more meaningful, exciting, fulfilling path. And uh, I don't know, as you can tell, it just, it, it really jazzes me up because I love seeing people 
work from this place, find work that's meaningful to them and to also get traction. Like those two things are not a coincidence. So I just really hope that people hear that. And um, if you're out there and you're frustrated and you're like, I don't know what to do next, just do the work that's interesting to you and start connecting with people. And I really think that the rest follows. So it's really exciting Mm. to hear Jonas's story. You're so jazzed up, Steph. I I can tell you're just so jazzy. You're so jazzy. I'm so jazzed. And Jonas, I'm so jazzed up that you came on the show and spent some time with us. Thanks for sharing your story with us, man. Uh, Thank thank you so much. much. This is a treat. Thanks, you guys. This is great. Thank you. you. Uh, Awesome. Okay, you guys, you can go to fizzleshow.co slash 218 to hear the, just to read Jonas's story out there that he wrote, as well as find links to all of his articles and the places that he's writing on Medium and stuff like that. So please head to fizzleshow.co slash 218 when you want to learn more about Jonas. Uh, here's an iTunes review from Kids Keep Out of My iTunes. <laughs> what? That's the name. That's the iTunes name. Kids Keep Out of My iTunes. That's amazing. <laughs> Ian Campbell Case in the US of A who says, just very simple. This is a very simple review. It just says, love this show. Thank you for tackling the tough topics and bringing solid advice. Double exclamation mark. Steph, you got the double on that. That's terrific. Thank you so much, kids. Keep out of my iTunes. <laughs> That's the best name I've read so far. Our goal here, dear listener, is we want to help you make progress every single week on your on your project, on your goal, on your vision, on your on your business, on your life. Right? You know what it's like to when you can actually support yourself independently. That's why we call ourselves indie entrepreneurs. That's what Fizzle stands for, is indie entrepreneurship. None of this bullcrap, get rich quick, yada, 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 like Steph was talking about. If you're into it, if you want to support the movement, leave us an iTunes review. Go to iTunes store, search for Fizzle. You'll see our three beautiful faces. We'll see two beautiful faces and one monkey hanging off the left. (laughs) Um, And just click write a review and let us know what you think. Also, as always, you can check out fizzle.co slash try five and get five weeks for free of fizzle membership to kick tires see if this is your tribe because we are working our butts off to do something with our lives like jonas has done and in closing here i asked jonas what's a good quote he said this it is not death that a man should fear but he should fear never beginning to live. This is from Marcus Aurelius, one of his early influences. Thanks, Jonas. Thanks, Steph. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in, y'all. Thanks for listening so much, and talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show.